0: buffalo's hump, and the brown birds. The great day was coming, the race to the new fields. For a long time, the tribe of buffalo had been uneasy. The thunder spirit had withheld the rain from the prairie lands, and the grass was withered and dead. The buffalo needed grass to eat, and now they stamped and snorted when they smelled the rain to the west. This meant new grass. The old buffalo chief held back his tribesmen, saying, Stay here, for the rain will come. Over there in the west are the other herds who have long waited for rain. But the young buffalo chief would not agree. He harangued his fellows and roused them to frenzy. Come, let us go where the grass is green. Old buffalo and young buffalo faced each other with lowered horns their eyes rolling white with anger. We will not go, said old buffalo. We will go, said young buffalo. Then we shall wrestle, and if you throw me, then we shall go, said old buffalo. If I throw you, we shall stay. Then began the wrestling match. Pressing sharp horns against each other, the two chiefs pushed and twisted, their breath coming fast and faster, their voices bellowing with defiance. Suddenly, young buffalo's brother friend edged out from the herd and gored old buffalo from the opposite side. Old buffalo turned quickly upon his new adversary and roared at him, This gave young Buffalo a chance to lift up old Buffalo into the air, and he tossed him over up on his back. A great shout went up. Tomorrow we go! The old chief rose from the ground, anger gleaming from his eyes. I will abide by my word, he said. But treachery like that, which tipped me, has no reward. If young Buffalo tricks me, he will trick all of you. Everything's fair in a fight, boasted young Buffalo. Not under the law of the masterful one, said the older Buffalo. Well, do you know that if one of us makes a grave error, all of us will suffer? Enough of that shouted the young buffalo tomorrow we go and so the tomorrow came and with it the excitement of preparation as was the custom in those days the winner of the race to the new fields would become the grand chief of the herd in the first light of the morning the vast herd ranged itself for the race the sun rolled red over the prairie And this was the signal to start the race from sunrise to sunset. Off they went in high spirits. Follow me, called out old buffalo, and all the wary buffalo followed, taking a winding course over the short grass. Follow me, called out the young buffalo, and all the foolish buffalo followed, taking a straight course through the tall grass. No, stay with me, said Brown Buffalo. We'll stay here and make a herd of our own. Rain will come and we will have new grass, just as Old Buffalo said. But he let himself be led by a challenge. I stay and he goes. We shall see who's right. So those who stayed at home with Brown Buffalo nibbled dead grass and sweltered in the dust. Far out on the plains rushed the two rival herds, one taking the straight way through the tall grass and the other swinging around through the short grass. As they rushed on, the dust flew high and the ground rumbled with the sound of thundering feet. Young Buffalo knew that he would win, for his course was shorter. He capered through the grass, halting his tribesmen for a wild dance. Around and around they milled, trampling the grass to the earth. Away scampered rabbits. Away spread frightened deer. And upward, with wild screams, flew flocks of brown birds. Then over on the plains rushed young Chief and his herd, smashing into grass clumps where birds had nested. Indeed, they sought out such spots just to crush the homes of birds and rushed on with the sound of wild screeching ringing in their ears. Overhead swirled homeless flocks of birds weeping at the loss of their nests and young. No love had they for the dashing buffalo herds. Old buffalo, sticking to the short grass route, found his journey easier. No entanglements or temptations lay in his path. On he rushed, with the trampling herd. The sun rose high and hot. It shone down with merciless heat, its scorching darts making the onrushing herds mad with thirst and exhaustion. Scores perished as they ran, falling to the blistering earth to make feasts for prowling packs of wolves. Still on rushed the maddened survivors, but the herds grew thinner and thinner until only young buffalo and old buffalo remained in the race. From their wildly separated paths, each saw the other. Wildly, each ran towards the goal at the place where the sun goes down. At last their paths merged, and side by side they ran until the sun was a sinking ball on the western horizon. The sun dropped down and was gone. The rival buffalo were heaving, and their rolling eyes looked at one another. Each had come to the end of his journey, and all about them was dry grass. Not a green blade of grass was to be seen. Far to the east from whence they had come there was the sound of distant thunder. And then came the smell of rain. The darkening sky lit up as a great cloud appeared. From it, clothed in light and beaming with stars, a figure stood out. It was the masterful one with a spear in his hand. Out of the cloud he came in visible form and descended to the earth. The buffalo stood in dismay. What could this mean? They waited in awe. Oh, foolish buffalo, spoke the great voice. You have slain your herds, And there is none to follow you. You sought a land blessed by rich grass. Behold, it is from whence you came. And little brown buffalo is there with his herd. He is chief now and guides all that remain of your tribe. Step forward and receive your punishment that all buffalo may remember this day. The two buffaloes stepped forward, and as they did, the masterful one struck them on their shoulders with his spear. Immediately, a great hump appeared on each. And because you were careless, young buffalo, I shall use you to remind everyone who shall come after you that it is wrong to destroy the nests of birds. Why did you trample upon them?" And leave them homeless for ever, I thought it only sport answered young buffalo henceforth you will look wherever you go, said the masterful one, and all buffalo who hereafter are born, and all who live now shall by this token beware. The masterful one stepped upon young buffalo's head and thrust it down to the ground. Look at the lowly ones beneath your feet, said the masterful one. The great being now lifted up his head and spoke again. Oh, old buffalo, you should have been wise. You might have held back your herds, but you did not. You gave good advice, but you could not lead. Now I will transform you into the white buffalo of the clouds. When the sun is red, you shall appear in the clouds to warn your tribesmen of the danger ahead. As he said this, he touched old buffalo, and immediately he became white, and flew away to the night clouds, there to abide forever. Again, the great being lifted up his head and spoke, O young buffalo, you were so impulsive. "'You wanted to lead your herd to green grass, but green grass is not here. "'It is far to the east, where brown buffalo leads his herds to safety. "'You are a destroyer of birds, and hereafter brown birds shall depend on all buffalo for food and protection. "'Your kinsmen far to the east even now find themselves surrounded with brown birds.' who will live with them hereafter. As for you, I transform you into the red buffalo of the under-earth. Begone, Young buffalo became red and sank into the ground to live there forever with the monsters who failed to please the masterful one. The next morning, brown buffalo, in his green pasture, found his herd surrounded with friendly brown birds that picked at the grass and flew upon the backs of his tribesmen. And so it is to this day. The buffalo have humps, and they hang their heads low, and about them are birds that never build nests. About how this came to be, the story you have now learned. And this is the wisdom of the wise men of old. like several other stories that we've told before, comes from Arthur C. Parker's Scundy Wundi, Seneca Indian Stories. He was of Seneca ancestry and was a great anthropologist and museum curator. And he collected many of these uh, children's stories and wrote them into this book. What's really interesting about the story, when you listen to it, there's a lot of things that really play into nature that you wouldn't get unless you know a little bit more about the American bison. So I wanted to talk about those uh, really quick. First of all, we mentioned back in our hunting and fishing episode, way, way, way back at the beginning of the show, that the Haudenosaunee people would have knowledge of what a buffalo or American bison, I'm going to use them interchangeably in this show, were. Uh, Pre-European contact, they were not in massive numbers in the Eastern Uh, North American continent but they were present and uh, there was even a subspecies in the area that was known as the uh, Eastern bison or the woodland bison or they even had a Latin classification bison bison pennsylvanicus Uh, these tended to be a little bit different they didn't have a hump as noticeable in the front of their shoulders which is really interesting because the moral of the story is this is how the bison gets its hump. So it's really interesting that people would have had a knowledge that before bison didn't have humps, but later on they did. And so it's just an interesting uh, concept that as this subspecies was wiped out by uh, overhunting and habitat loss, uh, we saw that the plains bison tended to take over as the dominant form. There are still a different subspecies of wood bison up in uh, canada but they're different from the the wood bison there they actually have a larger hump than the wood bison of the eastern north american woods another noticeable thing about the story is it mentions these brown birds that end up uh, following around the bison at the end because uh, they're upset at the other marauding herd that tramples their nests and destroys their eggs well these birds we know today as cowbirds now That's not because they look like cows, but because they would tend to travel around with cows. Today they do this out in the fields. Uh, Most of uh, the central part of North America has been transformed into either farmland or cattle grazing area. And so cows took the place of the bison that tended to be there before. So these birds like to sit on the backs of cows or bison and eat the little insects that fly around on them, or they'll even hop around on the ground, eat the bugs that the bison kick up with their hooves, stamp around, or even attracted by the bugs that are going after the herd's fecal matter. Uh, Interesting thing about cowbirds is they're kind of jerks. Well, no, they are jerks. They lay their eggs not in nests that they build, which we heard from the story. They don't build nests anymore. Well, you may think to yourselves, where did they put the eggs then? Well, they actually use nests of other birds. They will take and find a nest that has newly laid eggs and they'll go down and plop one in there. And then uh, another unsuspecting bird will come by and its mother instinct is to take care of this egg. And when it hatches, it doesn't seem to be perturbed that it looks different. It will feed it like it's its own child, which can be a problem for its biological children because this other bird hatches bigger and will kind of muscle its way out and get its uh, big beak out in front to try and gobble down the food that uh, mother's bringing home. And uh, some of them can even be pushy and you know push their foster siblings out of the nest. So uh, that's the cowbird. Going back a little bit more to talk about uh, the American bison. We may have mentioned this before, but at one point there were tens of millions of these majestic creatures that roamed all around uh, predominantly the central part of North America, but also the eastern woodlands. But by the late 1800s, early 1900s, they had literally dwindled to dozens. Uh, There was a few hundred in Canada, but we're talking about maybe down to a population of 500, which is just critically endangered at this level. But thanks to many um, preservation efforts, people just began... uh, fencing them off on private property to try and save some of them. Other people like uh, William Buffalo Bill Cody, who at first was a a buffalo hunter for the railroads and and for private contractors, ended up uh, lamenting the loss of these uh, wonderful animals and raised funds and made preservation areas for them to be protected. And today, fortunately, their numbers have bounced back. And uh, now there are hundreds of thousands of these animals. Uh, their habitat is greatly diminished and they're fenced off in private areas. And then there's private ranches. And then uh, some of them are also raised for, um, for meat consumption. But uh, it really is a remarkable story how this um, species has been saved um, from extinction thanks to uh, forward-thinking people that uh, were not forward thinking before. So, uh, better late than never. Um, So glad that they were saved before they were lost forever. That's a little background history on the, the American bison, or as we call them here colloquially, the buffalo. So, thank you once again for listening, and until next time, goodbye.